seriously popular. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. In today's episode... Can Arteta control his theatrics? Are you a true fan if you leave early? What is the longest commute in British football? I'm Ian Ladyman. I'm Chris Sutton. And it's all kicking off. So I've just noticed, Chris, that you've not got your shoes on. Mm. And um, which is fine, you know. Make, make yourself yeah. make yourself Thank at home. You. you know, my house is your house, as they say. In, well, this is this isn't your house, as, the, as they say in Spain. Um, <laughs> your feet, your shoes are massive. What size yep. are they? You know what they say. Yeah, big shoes, big feet. What shoe? What shoe? What shoes size are they? Uh, twelve. I mean, they are like they size are size twelve. How, how could you not? How could you fail to score like you did at Chelsea with feet that size? Um, because you, because you need feeling in the and intelligence in the feet, yeah, and service, yeah. yeah. Do you know who's got the? I think the. I don't know who's got the smallest uh, feet in the Premier League, but Dominic Zobber's lie. Do you know what size his no. boots are? Have a guess. Go on. Uh, seven. Wow, that's amazing. I'm yeah. seven. Size, I'm seven. Yours? Yeah, I'm seven. My dad's five. Is he? Yeah. Really? So when my dad used to go to get shoes, well, he still does go to get shoes, I presume. But often when he used to go shoes, he used to have to go to get um, like children's side shoes because his feet were so small. That's a bit embarrassing. But it's true, it? though. He won't mind me saying that. He won't, he won't mind me saying that. The biggest feet I've ever known in football is Steve Nicholl, size 14. Yeah. Size 14, Steve yeah. Nicholl. Yeah, that's, that's big. Yeah, but you would think that it would. Doesn't. But I'm saying I am six three and a half. So you would think proportion. I'd be, yeah, I mean, you know, if I was a size seven, that yeah. would be odd. Mm. Well, you probably if you size seven, you'd probably fall over. Are you a six and a half or a seven? I'm a seven. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes. What, no, that's what little people. If do, I've got my it? thick socks on. <laughs> no, if you were like six foot three with size with size seven feet, you'd probably topple over there, wouldn't you? Yeah. Like the balance, balance well, would be all right. toppled over with size twelves. Anyway, Arsenal toppled Liverpool yesterday. <laughs> Arsenal toppled, toppled Liverpool yesterday. The only question remaining now is when do they get the trophy? <laughs> oh and I, I am, I am with you a bit uh, with the celebration. But I was thinking about this last night, right? Because uh, you know, I, I did tweet a, a similar thing to that. But who, who are we to 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 be a sort of 
barometer in terms of, of well, celebration. Uh, the, the sort of end justifies the means, doesn't it? And I think there is a, a more serious point uh, to this about the manager and whether he has control. Um, and he did have control in the things which mattered yesterday. And of course, that was Arsenal's performance. But but moving on, I thought the celebrations, in my opinion, uh, were a little bit excessive. But it was a massive game for Arsenal. They did win the game, job done. But it's it's where it leads. And well, it, I think if, it, if the if if the manager seems to be sort of losing control, which I thought he did do when the third uh, goal went in 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 the nicest possible way, in a good way. But you know, you just just think, will this rub off on the players? Will it affect the players uh, the longer the season goes on? And will will their emotions get the better of them as the managers does at times? Well, they didn't need the, they, didn't, they didn't need the bus parade. Did they? <laughs> they didn't need to do that. Mm. It's, it's February. It's February. Mm. Serious point. I was there yesterday. Arsenal, des- Arsenal deserved yeah. the, the victory. Liverpool were awesome. Liverpool were awful. Afterwards. The Emirates was absolutely, I've said this before, absolutely bouncing. And that's why I'm that's why I'm teasing Henry, our producer, and anyone else who happens to be of an Arsenal persuasion, because it is it feels over the top. They were they won't care. They're right to celebrate a victory. They're right to celebrate a victory that came on a day when had they lost they may have gone home thinking, blimey, that's us done for the title race for another year. So I think all that celebration was born of belief. It was born of relief, sorry, rather than belief. It was born of a feeling of a disaster had been averted. So I get all that, okay, I get all that. However, you wonder whether there is a ceiling to it. I work A, work and they go from here, and B, during a game, that, that's the point. That's the point. I'm not making this point very well. What, 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 just, just let me what finish. What do you mean? It. Where can they go? Just, no, from just let me get here. to the point that I should. I should. Be, I'm trying to make during the game. I think that that uh, Mikel Arteta done a brilliant job at Arsenal. Brilliant job as a coach. Brilliant job in terms of getting out some of the characters he had to get out of that football club. People that Arsene Wenger, Unai Emery were not brave enough to get out. The the spirit in which they play, the style of football they play, the development of players. Mikel Arteta ticks all the boxes with that. 10 out of 10 in a lot of those boxes. However, the touchline stuff, the constant metronomic up and down the touchline, never in his seat, arms waving at the referee, chasing every ball when it goes out, even though there's a ball boy or ball girl there to get it back for him, pointing pointing at his watch yesterday when Liverpool were dallying over a throw-in, even though Arsenal were leading at that time. So if Liverpool wanted to waste time, it was to their own detriment. All of that, all of that, I sometimes wonder what effect that has on the crowd and what effect that has on the players. Do you that, think that Do you think that he is in part acting? No. So I was sitting next to Ollie Hall, our chief sports writer yesterday, and halfway through the second half, I tapped him on the shoulder and said, blimey, Arteta is absolutely um, on one today. You know, he, he literally didn't stop. And Ollie said to me, yeah, I think it's performative in terms of, I think what he meant was he's doing it on purpose. I think it's the opposite. I'm not sure that he's totally in control during a game. I don't think he's doing it on purpose. Which would, which would worry you more then? The, the lat- Well, the latter. Because I, I was thinking about this yesterday, right? 
the title race, as we know, will will be tight again. There will be big moments. There'll be big moments at the Emirates where Arsenal have got to come through. They didn't come through them. Some, they didn't come through some of them last season. They came through one yesterday. There'll be moments when they need to come through, right? And when it, when it's tight, and when you're when you're when you're on, if you're playing football and you and, and you're nervous and the adrenaline's pumping and and you need a bit of guidance, I think you need to look at the touchline and see a bloke from whom who, who's in control and from whom you can take confidence and guidance. It's like if you're walking up a mountain, right, and you've not done it before, and the clouds come down. What do you want from the person in the in the group who's been up that mountain before? Do you want him to or her to look a, a phone signal? Absolutely, but do you, uh, do, or weather forecast? No, but do you want them to to look as though that yeah, it's fine. Done this before. I know what we're doing. Just follow me. Or do you want them jumping up and down, waving their arms around? Then that's where I'm. That's where I'm getting at with this. Yeah. and that's where I'm getting at. But but he he may argue, and I think I side with you on this. But he may argue uh, about the the emotional um, aspect being okay. As long as he is in control, and he may argue that he is uh, totally in control, but it, but it, I, I, and the instruction is there, and the players understand, uh, you know, the points that he's trying to to get across. So, uh, as I say, I, I err on the side of you with this, but how can we, how can we uh, judge the level uh, which? he's at and the effect that has on the team they may look at, at this game against um against liverpool just sort of playing devil's advocate as as the catalyst for the, them to go on if they end up winning the title they may point to the the liverpool game the must win game so the proof of the pudding is in the eating isn't it i mean i, I think in a way they're trying, whether it's consciously or subconsciously, they're almost trying to make the Emirates and the connection that the supporters have with the manager almost a little bit like Anfield, the way that um, Arteta comes onto field afterwards and he's doing the you know the fist pumping with the crowd just like Klopp does, Jurgen Klopp does at Anfield, and and I can see that and that connection is healthy, of course mm. it is, you know. Um, you could argue that Arsenal's connection with the, with their fan base is as great now as it probably was going back to the Invincible years. They've absolutely nailed that. They've nailed the atmosphere in the stadium. They've got a new song, haven't they? That, that new the song. song about the that, weather. That they've got a song about the weather. Producer Henry doesn't know all the words to it. They've got, they've got a song about the weather at the start and then they've got an ABBA song at the end. Although, to be fair, it is a great ABBA song. So I'm there not is it. Well, I heard, I heard one of my sources told me that they nearly were going to play We Are The Champions. Yeah. <laughs> That, but I heard Champ- Champions of North London. I think that's, I think mm. that's what they meant. No, that, but, was, that but listen, was the next song. I think they are trying to get that connection, and they have got that connection with the supporters. But they, the supporters, in a way, tend to mirror the manager. So when Arteta's up during the game, they're up, and his his emotions veer wildly, and so do theirs. I mean, they were so. They were so devastated at half-time after that freaky Liverpool equaliser that there were a very, very, very small minority were booing when Arsenal left the field at half-time, which was ridiculous because Arsenal played very well in the first half. So I think there is such a thing as too much, um, too much emotion, H- hyper, but, hyper but, but emotion. Then, but then if you go back, and I may be wrong on this, and you know, uh, well, we've got a couple of... Big Arsenal fans, um, you know Henry, the producer, and uh, and Ben. I don't actually know what Ben does, uh, but he's always about. 
But was there not a period, if you go back a few years at the Emirates, where everybody was so critical about the lack of atmosphere and it, mm. it, it, it being like a church? So, you know, we, we can't have it both ways. Absolutely. Well played, Arsenal. It, psychologically, psychologically, it should do them the world of good. However... What it has also done for the first time in a while is put the title race now firmly in the back in the hands of Manchester City. If they win every game they play from now on the end of the season, they will they will win the league. Anyway, look, I think it's I think it says everything about the progress that Arsenal have made under Arteta that the only thing we can sit here and discuss in terms of vague criticism is the is, is the atmosphere. Well, that's that, you that's you who brought it up. Is, I'm not. They're they're a vicious lot. The Arsenal is, fans on social media the, that's, that's the atmosphere me. being too good at the Emirates I think we're clutching at some straws and now place where the atmosphere is laced with uncertainty is Stamford Bridge Chelsea 2 Wolves 4 uh, Riyath Al Samurai who was there covering the game for Mail Sport yesterday described Chelsea as a howling mess which I think is appropriate I look at Chelsea and I begin to wonder whether there actually are any answers in terms of changing changing the manager, etc. They are a club without an answer, I think, at, at the moment. Yep. You know, I wonder from a, a journalistic perspective, how it's you're just saying the same thing about Thanks. Chelsea every thank you very much couple of weeks. And but but what 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 can you say? Well, I suppose we're at the stage now where. I thought what was really interesting, and you've banged this drum before, in fairness to you, about the the uh, the comparison with Graham Potter and Graham Potter got the mm. sack, and that must be that must be crossing the uh, Todd Bowley's mind, and the criticism um, at, at, at Chelsea is across all areas, isn't it? But it's how how can things change, and what can that what can that catalyst? be for change is that the manager is that the players the owner's not going to um, you know sack himself is he so it's where it's whether they are prepared to to stick with uh, with Pochettino and whether he's getting a good enough tune out of the players if you want it if you want if we, we're going to be fair if you want to compare it to last season there have been minor improvements well, I don't think they have with Chelsea well, 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 what, well, are well, they? Well, um, what are they what are their improvements? Well, they've scored as many goals already this season as they did last okay. season. They're, they're more than likely to beat to beat last season's points tally. They're in a Why Carabao they're, uh, because they just are. They're, they're on to beat last season's points tally. They're in a Carabao Cup final. Will our will 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 our or will people's perception change if they win the Carabao Cup? Last- will, 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 will you say different to that? No, but what was just two things there. Last season's point tally was massively influenced by the fact that they rehired Frank Lampard, who couldn't win a single game or get a single point. So I'm not sure that Pochettino's point tally is any better than it would have been if Potter had stayed, but we don't need to go back over the, over the Potter thing. I know what I think about that, and I won't, and I won't change. In terms of, but they have made progress. You can't, of, you, can't, you can't deny that. I am denying it. Mm-hmm. Apart, apart from progress relative to the money they've spent, no. But, but, but that's but that's different to, to progress, isn't it? Right. The, You're in, arguing a sort of mind, really minor in point. In my here. mind, they haven't made any progress. Okay, um, they're a mess. 
the howling mess is, re- is how you, right so we know that you, now, can, say, your, you can say that how, how you how are they get, in, going to get out of this mess this that, mile that's then? what i'm saying about no answers because normally you can say okay right so the answer is a new coach or the answer is um change that player or change that player but given what we know about chelsea and in terms of i think that we understand that they're quite kind of um, push quite tight against the financial fair play uh, ceiling. So, what is the uh, where's the wriggle room for buying new players? In order to buy new players, you've got to get players out. That's going to be difficult. Difficult. Those players will have to be sold at a loss. A lot of them are on long contracts. So, when I say that there are no, that it's a club without answers. Normally, you look at a club and you can see straight away what the what the problem is. Okay, look at Manchester United. All right, and you think they need you think they need an experienced um, uh, centre forward, and they need um, another centre half, and they need a couple of players who will bring them some mental resilience and fortitude. And if you change that in that Manchester United team, you'd see improvement straight away. I don't know what you do at Chelsea apart from ripping the whole thing up. And starting again, which you can't well, what, what, do. What does that mean? Which ripping you can't, the whole well, thing up? Well, what, building, what? build another new squad. And, and you can't, well, they, and you, they, and you they can't, can't do that, that. exactly. So, that, so, so, so that's all, when I say there's no answers. That's no, no, what I mean. Well, the, well they do have, have an answer, and, and the answer is is to have faith in Pochettino, and to have faith in the process, mm-hmm. and to be and to be patient. I don't think there's, I don't honestly think that they have another alternative at this moment in time. And if you look at what Pochettino did at Tottenham, and everybody was banging this drum when he first uh, got the job at, at Chelsea, it took time. And patience, and that's the problem nowadays. In the and it goes back to Chelsea being, and I think Pochettino referred to that himself in his presser after the game yesterday about you know the history. They're not matching the history, or or, or whatever he said uh, words to that. That's effect. right. He did that's, say that. That's you know that's that's an issue. But I don't. Who who at this moment in time could go in? Uh, and do a better job than, the only than, history, po- than, than, than Pochettino. The only history, who, who could they hire then? I'll get to it. The only history of the matching at the moment is last season. They're the history there. of last season. But um, no, I'm not sitting here saying they should get rid of Pochettino. What I'm saying to you is that even if they wanted to, I don't know where they'd go. I don't know what they'd do. Exactly. And I don't know whether that you know the fans are singing the, the singing for Mourinho. Well. You think, Joe, you think Jose Mourinho and the way that he likes to play is is matched up to that squad? I don't, th- I don't think, I don't think so. Um, but who, so how, how many fans? So, I mean, what were these fifteen-year-old so, so, so fans? That's what, were they? that's what I'm saying. Twelve, fifteen-year-old fans. That's what I'm saying when I talk about there being no answers. I don't know what they are. I don't know what I, you know. I said this to you on the phone last night, didn't I? This is what confuses me about Chelsea as that team is. I don't know what they are or what they're trying to be. I know what Manchester United is trying to be. I know what Tottenham are trying to be. I know what Newcastle is trying to be. I don't really know, look at Chelsea and understand yet what they're trying to be. Now, you asked me and that, you asked me a question, does it change if they win the Carabao Cup? Um, trophy's a trophy, and I'm not going to sit here as someone who's constantly defending the League Cup and telling people how it must be looked after and how we still need to have the two-legged semi-finals and then say it doesn't matter if a team wins it. So I'm not going to say that. But in terms of the general... Outlook of where they are, I'm not sure it changes much, but it would get them into Europe because there's a Europa Conference League place hangs on the winners of the Carabao Cup. Now, Sammy Mottbell, our chief football reporter... Hang, hang on a minute. You're like an MP. You, you should, they should think about hiring you <laughs> in the government. Oh, you, you haven't answered. Which, par- you, you, which you, party? Well, no, well, we better not say. The Green uh, Party. 
The Green Party. <laughs> but you haven't, you haven't, you've, you've wormed your way out of that brilliantly. I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna push you on it. But you, you know, you haven't answered that at all. Well what done. Question. What was the question <laughs> about the perception if they win the Carabao Cup? I mean, you, you basically just right, waffled just, okay, your way around right, Change again. I know. I'll answer it. Does it change the perception amongst Chelsea fans? No, I don't think it does. I don't think it does. No, I don't think it does because they because they need to be competitive. What about the owner? I think. What about the owner's yes, view on yes, Pochettino? Yes, then? because it will get them into Europe and sat and it, and and that gets them out and that that's financially important, etc. So no, yes. Sammy Mottbell, our chief football reporter, was on the podcast last week and he said that that Pochettino is heading for difficult conversations with the owners in the summer, and much of that will be dependent on whether they are in Europe or not. And so the Cowboy Cup, which they, the final they play against Liverpool at the back end of this month, is of more importance to Chelsea than it normally would be. Now, one of the things that I noticed yesterday was that um, the Wolves and Chelsea fans seemed to be in agreement at one point um, because, because the Wolves fans were singing your effing shit and the Chelsea fans were replying with where effing, where effing shit. You know, you, why, why you know, you, you, well, you, can't, you don't use the first swear word, but you use the second one. I don't, know where, I don't where, know where, where's the where's the line. I don't know where I'm at with the bleep button. <laughs> I know that it upsets me mum, but then, but yeah. I can't, you know, I can't let that be the, my, you know, my guiding my guiding principle. I don't know where we are with the with the bleep button, to be honest. Anyway, it comes to something when the home fans are in the home front. You know, Wayne Rooney had a bit of that at um, at Birmingham. I think when uh, the whole when the whole fans were singing, he's getting that's, sacked in the morning. All that's the, London humour, and all the Birmingham yeah. fans started applauding. Um, you were at your um, kind of childish and sarcastic at best on Twitter yesterday. This was one of your efforts. This Chelsea team is making me look good value. Um, what you said at one point, um, and actually, you're you're right because you're by my mathematics, your one Chelsea goal. Um, I got three. That is your, fa- that that is fake news. I got, got three. Got two I got I got one against Scontariga. And one against Hull. And Hull were good back then. Scontariga were a big team in, in whatever country they were in. I thought you got one against Manchester United. Yeah, and one again, that was that was the So you got one, one in the league. league yeah. You got one league goal. So in terms of value for money, your one league goal cost Chelsea ten million pounds, which isn't bad mm. because by my reckoning Mikhailo Mudrick's three league goals for Chelsea have cost them yeah. £30 million pounds each, there so go. there you go. But it's, right. gone, it's gone to Riga, right? And uh, this annoys me uh, about journalists like you, really... is that you, you, total disrespect, they were a big team in Latvia. You're sitting bolt upright in your chair. That's poor from you. So I you, hate that. Hang just, on a minute. You just said that you couldn't remember where Riga was and all of a sudden you know you've had Henry in your ear <laughs> Henry's just told you that Riga is in Latvia and you're not denying it it's written all over your face <laughs> True. you are the type <laughs> you are the type of bloke who is who, who kind of whose frames of reference culturally are so I knew it was are, that I knew it was that, that area your, I knew it began no, with an L you're making it worse your frames of reference <laughs> culturally are so narrow that you can't even remember where you went when you went abroad that's everything about you Everything about it. I yes, I, I didn't. I didn't play in the away. I probably was dropped in the uh, in the away leg. Tiago Silva's wife was also on Twitter yesterday. It's time to change. She wrote. Mm. I presume she wasn't talking about her shoes. It's time to change. If you wait any longer, it will be too late. Um, mm. The evening. That was right. So so with that, okay. The hang on a minute. The Evening Standard. I looked at on, online last night. The Evening Standard called that a cryptic tweet. I don't think there's anything cryptic about no, that at no, all. But, no, but are they are they meaning? And I and I get this right. So, is that 
her opinion? Well, it is her opinion, but is it Tiago Silva's opinion? Of course, because he's, you know, uh, uh, well, a, put it this a, way, a, a current Chelsea player. That that it, you know, it seems to be she's speaking, or right. some people will say that she is speaking for him. Put but we can't way. we can't possibly judge that. But it does seem that way. Put it this way. You're being mealy mouthed now. Put it this way: If I go home every night from work and start slagging off my sports editor to uh, at home, then have what, you ever done that? Then what am I? What am I? Family? Have you go- ever done that? What am I? Family going to think? Have about? you ever done that? What, Once again, just ignoring this. Just certain certain things you don't MP, need. To, certain, MP behaviour. Certain parts of my life that you don't need to know anything about. And this is what. That wasn't a no, well, no, was it? If you go home at night and, just, and you're moaning about work, what are your family going to think about your work? Simple, isn't it? So do you think she's so? I don't. It doesn't sound as though if Thiago Silva's going home every night, she's saying, "Oh, I love working for Mauricio Pochettino." She ain't going to tweet that, is she? She just isn't, is I she? Don't know. Come on, I she don't isn't. know. And, and I tell you what, if it, if that is reflective of Thiago Silva's opinion, and we don't know, but let's presume for a moment that it might be, it's out there as a possible. If that is reflective reflective of his opinion, then Pochettino really has got a problem because he's one of his better players. Exactly, he's one of his yeah. better players, and he's one of the ones who are in that dressing room every day. You want in there um, promoting your message, not undermining it. Mm. F- fair? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, you know, if you're if you're Pochettino, you're pulling uh, Thiago Silva in, mm. and uh, and you're saying it's not it's not helping the situation. I mean, the, you know, the issue is at this moment in time, Chelsea are underperforming, but you know, once there starts to become uh, splits within the camp, it just gets. It just gets worse. So that that tweet or wherever it was mm. on Instagram, where you know that really hasn't helped the situation. So, of all the managers that you played for, if I had to get on the phone to your wife Sam after this show and ask her which was the one that you used to come home gnashing your teeth about, who would it, I think I might guess who it is, but go and tell me who would it have been? She she agreed with every time I was dropped. I think Sam. She was just, <laughs> I like that. She was, she Loyalty. Was just, she was just. She no. She. She agreed with every time I was dropped. She. Uh, That's only because she, she. She knew that you weren't. She, getting your, she your actually bonus. was often surprised when I wasn't dropped earlier. Uh, no, Glenn Hoddle was the one who. Uh, oh, the England she, thing. Yeah, the so, England thing. She would. She. Yeah. She, oh, yeah. did she think her Chris should have been playing ahead of uh, Robbie Fowler and Michael Owen? <laughs> did she? Did oh, you're much better than that Shearer, yeah. Chrissy. Oh, <laughs> Chrissy boy. Is she, that? Is, uh, she is, thought she is, thought I was better. Is than that terrible, Mister Hoddle? Been mean on you again? Give me, <laughs> let me have his number. I bet she turned up. It's yeah. like turning up at the school gates. I bet she turned up at Burnham Beaches and she's jabbing her finger at his car as he drove in for well, England. I'd be up. careful because because if you're mocking her, that becomes a problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do it, uh, do yeah, it to her face. That's it, all. That's all I'd a, say. It's a fair point. Actually, I'm due to come to your house at some point. So it's it'll yeah, be well. interesting. It's a fair point. Right. So back to Pochettino. Back to the to the to, to the current day. And um, last week, um, when we discussed Pochettino and his future with Sammy Mockball, our chief football reporter, we started a poll on Spotify um, about whether you think Pochettino is the right man for Chelsea or whether he is not. That poll is still running. I think it's got three days left. If you go to uh, Spotify and you go to that episode, or indeed this one, go go to the show notes. Um, you will find that poll. At the moment, it's running at forty three percent think he should stay, and. Uh, 56% 
think he should did you go. Vote, did Although you that, vote in that poll? That only adds up to 99%. So I presume mm. there must be a couple of people who said they yeah. don't know, even though it's not, or don't, or it's don't not care. enough. I don't care. Where, so where do you get, think? Where, where are you on that poll? Which which <sighs> button did you press? Because you have your finger on that. I, I didn't. I'm not button. that. I'm, we're not yeah, that but where would you go? Come on. We're not yet that desperate for engagement. You, that you, you haven't you haven't had an opinion yet. We're, how, how many minutes are we into this podcast? We're over half an hour in and you still haven't had an opinion. I do have an opinion. You interrupted me far too much. It's starting to annoy me. I was just saying, I'm not at that desperate point yet where I've been, where I'm voting in our own polls. We're not that quite that desperate no, for not, engagement. You've not anyway, answered another one. You haven't answered. What would I do? Yeah, what would I do? Um, at the moment, stay. At the moment, stay. If you get to the end of the season and the eleventh, that uh, wasn't the poll. <laughs> so you, you right? Okay, stay, stay. Right, stay. That's me. Okay, I've put. I've put my mark your neck out there. I've put my, put my little neck out. I've put the market in the sand. I'm saying, stay. Hold that thought. We'll be back right after this. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Right, well, at least the Stamford crowd, talk about staying. The crowd at Stamford Bridge did stay to the end of the game, which was not the case at Bramall Lane, as Chris Wilder's Sheffield United took an absolute hammering um, 5 0 to Aston Villa. Um, a lot of them were out the door and back to the pub after half an hour, by which time their team were already four goals down, I think. Similar in the away end at Brighton, as Palace got humped at the weekend, a lot of the away fans were going. Um, What's your take on that, mate? Are you, if you pay your money to go and watch your team and you class yourself as a supporter, are you obliged to stay to the end of the game or not? Do what you like as a supporter. What I would say is if you, if you want to call yourself a true fan, you have to take the rough with the smooth. Do you? The, the good with the bad. <clears throat> yeah, if you, if you want to call yourself a true fan, you, you, you do. In its in its purest form, you you see it through. Look at Luton's journey, for example. Mm. You know, the way that they've come back from um, from the the non-league, worked the way uh, back up, uh, up the ladder. You know, the fans who were there at that particular time, they, they'd have enjoyed that ride far more, wouldn't they? So, you know, if you support your team you, through thick and thin, you should be there at the end to 
to you know acknowledge your team what off the pitch. A, what about the argument that if you pay, you know Premier League ticket prices are high these days, as we know. So if you've paid, I'm guessing if you paid fifty quid to go and watch Sheffield United on a Saturday, does that fifty quid not give you the right and the privilege to do what they well, you can do what you like, but, but don't call yourself a, a, a true so fan. Not, I mean, you, you can't. You can't just sing when you're winning. So you're not a fan. If you if you leave early, you're not a fan. We're well, not a true fan. Okay. I mean, right. I still don't know who you support. I mean, that's that. You know, you call, me. Yeah, I have asked you on numerous occasions, but the way you've been today, there's no chance of getting an answer <laughs> out of you. But if, if but but you 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 understand that you get you get my point with that. No, I do. I do, I, I I do. But I do. But I don't think there's an obligation. Okay, that's what I, that is all I would fan. say. I don't think there's an obligation, but I but I, I I get where you're coming from. What about booing? Booing is interesting because I think I would only ever boo. I think if I thought my team weren't trying. Okay, yeah. if they got humped at home just because they were they weren't good enough, right? Or then I I wouldn't. I'm not sure I would boo them off. I think you boo a team when they're not trying. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd agree with that. I, I I tell you one thing, which and I don't know when this is, when this has come in, but this, the I saw footage of Crystal Palace players. I think it was Joachim Anderson. I think it was mm. uh, you know also Coach Paddy McCarthy. Yeah, that's right. Uh, go over to appease the fans at the end of the game, and they were abused mm. on online social media. They were abused mm. uh, horrendously. Mm. But in many ways, I think that uh, football clubs have... I don't know whether you can blame the club, but the problem is is because players have all this celebrations when they win and hold hands and dance and dive in front of the fans and clap the fan bases when when they win, they cause, yeah. they cause themselves a, a problem when they lose. But when did this come in? Why... And I don't want to sound like a dinosaur here, but what was the problem when I played? You just you just clap the fans in the middle of the pitch, mm. show that you know thanks for travelling, acknowledge you know you win, you you're happy, and then you get mm. yourself into the dressing room. But this is this has become a thing, and I've, I remember a, a thing with the Milan players where they you know it's quite. <laughs> I don't know whether sinister is the right word, but they had to go over and speak to the ultras and, and apologize. Uh, uh, yeah, and apo- I mean, really? But I, I, I don't, I don't understand when we got to this, why we've got to this. But I don't think, as you say, if the players are giving their all, the fans have massive. Uh, well, for the Palace fans, mm. for example, they have a massive grievance with what's going on behind uh, the scenes. Uh, and, and and there's a really bad atmosphere at the, at this moment in time. But I don't see why players should have to bear the brunt of that. If you know it is a game where you end up losing, but it's honest toil and sweat. But you shouldn't have to go over. It, it's like the um, I, don't, I don't know which age it was in the the Middle Ages, the old uh, uh, stocks, isn't it? You know, you're going over to get that abuse at the end. Is that what we're going to come to? Where you build a platform, where you you have a, you have a podium at the end of the game when you, when you win. That'd be great. And you go over and yeah, and, and take all the break. And then you have you have the stocks. Oh, is that a pillory? You I could, no, pillory you could right choose way? one player. So you could yeah. choose one player. You could have a social media poll at full time from the away <laughs> end. You choose one player to go and stand it, be put in the stocks, mm. and everyone gets one tomato each. One tomato <laughs> each. And then we'll see. Yeah. Then we'll see. But that, that, be but that is literally what 
that's what we're 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 coming to at the end of games now. You, it's either triumph or disaster, it's jubilation or humiliation, isn't it? It's it's not. I don't like it. I, I really don't like it. But I do think that that clubs have made a rod for their own back, or teams have made a rod for their own back because they love it. They love that. They, well, yeah. it's it's singing when you're winning, isn't it? I mean, look, the whole thing around Premier League football games has become more performative in terms of the things that we've talked about at the start of the show, about Arsenal after the game and the thing that people like Jurgen Klopp coming onto the pitch. Arsenal did do a lap of honour yesterday. They did do a lap of honour. I mean, they, they did. And, and that, if you're going back to your day, that type, you only did one lap of honour, that was the end of the season. Yeah, if you, 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 you want something. When, but, when you're saying... But, 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 but should clubs then, should, should they have to do a lap of honour, but then they're, they're, they're forcing themselves to do a lap of shame, aren't they? What doesn't help is um, social media, after games... Clubs, you know, players apologising for bad performances. I mean, that plays to the whole yeah. thing of like no one's allowed to play badly anymore. Even yeah. though in a game of football, there can only be one. Someone's got to lose. Mm-hmm. You know, I've said this before about. I remember when England lost the final of the Euros to Italy, and Gareth Southgate was getting so much grief about the way he'd played and the way his team had played and the tactics. And I was like, sometimes you got to remember, there's another team on the field. Yeah. There's another team trying to stop you do what you want to do. And I think we do live in an age now where kind of losing has almost become unacceptable when actually totally. it's and Graham Potter actually used to say Graham Potter used to say and probably still does say that the thing about football is unless you're managing uh, Arsenal Manchester City Liverpool Bayern Munich Real Madrid you lose most of the time you lose mm. most of the, most of most of the time before I move on does it affect players does it affect players if they're getting if they're getting booed if they're getting that, that type of grief or are, you, are, are the majority of footballers so thick-skinned that they'll just shut the door and accept that's part of the, part of the job? I think it's very individual, uh, but from the dressing rooms I have been in, there would, there would be enough players who would be affected mm. by, uh, you know, by getting flack mm. and, the, and, the, and the nature of the flack. OK, quick, quick, quick Spotify poll. Let's put this one on Spotify for this episode. Um, very simple. Should we Qu- bring stocks back? <laughs> Should we bring stocks back? Is it ever OK to leave um, just because your team are playing badly? Yes or no? Uh, now, no, no, you need, you, 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 need to, you, you need to word that differently. Why? Is it, ever o- is it, is it OK to call yourself a true fan? All right, do true fans leave early? Okay. That'll do. Do true fans leave early? No. Right, Brighton against Palace. It was a bit, it's getting a bit ugly for Roy Hodgson. What did you make of the Michael Elise thing? So for those of people who didn't see it, Elise was recovering from a hamstring injury, was on the bench and came on in the second half when Palace were already 3-0 down and did his hamstring again and is now facing a longer period of out, a period of absence. Roy Hodgson seemed quite happy to dump that one on the door of the sports science staff, saying that he was told that Elise was OK to be on the bench and to play half an hour, uh, 45 minutes of football. Mm. It's, well, Right, so if you take everything back to the start, it's just odd which 45 minutes, I think, which Roy wanted to play Elise in. You know, to if you want to win a game of football, I mean... Why, why wouldn't you start with Elise, uh, your, your best attacking player? Because as a, you know, you have a debate about who's 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 the bigger threat. They're both really important. But why wouldn't you start him for forty-five minutes? Get yourself in front, bringing him on at three-nil down, and and hoping you're going to get back well, into look. the game. See, seemed seemed a big risk. And Roy, Roy is. <laughs> 
I don't know whether hiding behind uh, is is the correct phrase, but that's the way it seems. So it, it's hard to come for Roy if he's saying, "Well, that's what the Should, the medical team." Did told, he make a mistake him. by putting him on at three nil down? Well, of course he did, but this is this is hindsight, isn't it? We we are look, look and even you, even you aren't a medical expert, so you know it's very difficult for us to to know, um, you know, the the conversation. Um, which happened between the medical team and Roy, and you know we can't we can't say that Roy is 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 lying about that. Of course we can't. Uh, actually... it, it's just it's just odd the the, the way around which Roy did it, which which I thought playing from the start. And if he if he pulls his hamstring because the medical ex uh, the medical team said you, you know you can play for forty five minutes, I think it's really odd. Then you'd you'd think about bringing him on at half time. I'm with I'm with Roy on this simply because there's no point having sports scientists and medical medical staff and all the indicators and all the technology and all the scientific equipment that they've got if you're not going to trust them. So I'm with Roy on that. But that whole 45 minutes, I'm not a medical expert, but that's the first I've ever heard of the 45. I'm, okay for 45 I'm, minutes. Well, because well, let's. All right, I'm not going to I'm not going to go there because I'm not one either. Well, I, I have either a view. I, I have either a view, either, either Chris, you're okay or you're not okay. Chris, so muscle, what, Muscles get tired, and when muscles get tired, they're, they're great. They become vulnerable. Okay, so that would be the logic, wouldn't it? Playing for forty-five minutes, in which point he won't reach that point in tiredness, he's less likely to get injured. It's not difficult to work it out. So I think Hodgson was right. You don't, I think you don't Hod- know anything about I think Hodgson, injuries. You I've, had, I've had, I've had one. <laughs> I know that much. I tell, oh I, on another God. show, I would tell you a story yeah. about that when I did my hamstring. I will tell you about the <laughs> massage I got. By, from Roberto Mancini's personal masser at Manchester City, who's about seven foot tall and had hands like shovels. Seriously, I've rarely been in as much pain. Rarely been in as much pain. But you... But he did fix you, me, yeah. He fixed me. He fixed what? me. What? You can't let this go. So you got a, you got a massage, what, from the a proper... Yeah. So well, I was, At the I, football club? I did my hamstring. Did my hamstring? How did you? How did you do that? Doing a park run, <laughs> right? And, and for those of you who haven't done it, it does feel like they say it does feel like it's been shot up the arse. It what, did sprint, feel like that. Sprint finish? Yeah, sprint finish in the park one. Yeah, oh, right. Did my hamstring? Uh, so you've asked me now, and now I'm going to now I'm going to sound like I'm, like I'm a humble. Now I'm going to sound like I'm, I'm humble bragging, but you've you've asked me. So did the, who, are you, who are you sprinting again? Just let me talk, right? No, because I, I want to know about the finish. So who were you trying to overtake? It was uh, my my. I was sprinting for my own for my own good, my own satisfaction to beat my time. Everyone does it. Everyone does it. If you try it, and you might, you're the bloke who gave up last time you got on the row machine at home. Gave mm. up after five minutes. So mm. I did my hamstring. I was training for something, and that event was in about was like in about a month. And I thought, oh, I'm screwed now. I can't do it. Walking and, football. I knew somebody at Man City. I knew someone at Man City. I rang them and said for advice. So what should I do with this hamstring? What do I do with it? I sit. He, he said, right, come in. He said, come in tomorrow morning. And I went in, and he'd set me up with Mancini's personal masseur at the club, and he gave me that massage that they do, that one of those deep tissue massages that actually almost brought me to tears, almost got me to the verge of tears. It was so painful. That is, that's a massive waste right? no, of, of no, a club it, resource on no, you. No, it worked. It worked. Did you pay? I wasn't asked for payment, no. <laughs> yeah, but surely you would have... You Going out, you said, how much do I owe you for well, that? I'm, well, I'm going mean, to ask, I'm going to give them money. He was, he was a friend doing me a favour. Hmm. Right, anyway, it worked. It hurt, 
and it worked. Okay. Have right. you ever paid for a massage? <laughs> What's I for a massage? <laughs> 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 have you ever paid for massage? Yes, I have paid for massage. Okay. Yeah. I have a massage. Just not on that occasion. I have a massage in Disby. Looks after my neck. Looks after my neck for him. Juan. <laughs> Brilliant bloke, Juan. Brilliant bloke. Seriously, I think he listens, actually. I think he listens. Brilliant bloke, Juan in Disby. Best massage in Disby. Looks after your neck. The only reason I'm sitting here in one piece is because of him. Keeps right. me right. Keeps me right. Right, come on, let's do some five-a-side. Are you ready to rank off? It's time for five-a-side. So there was some chat on social media after last night's game about the Virgil van Dijk um, schmozzle with uh, Alison Becker, etc. And there's some Man United fans very quick to jump on Twitter and say, can't believe people have suggested that van Dijk's a better central defender than Vidic was or Ferdinand was um, in United's heyday. Got me thinking. So it's my turn this week. So I'm going to go um, five to one. Who are the best central defenders of the Premier League era? And I am going to go in ascending order. I fifth first. I'm going to go Vincent Company, Nemanja Vidic, Virgil van Dijk, Rio Ferdinand, and number one, John Terry. They are my five. So go to Company, Company Vidic. Vidic, Van Dijk, Ferdinand, Terry. Okay. Ferdinand and Terry. And why? Why Terry at number one? Simply because I. Uh, what do I want from a centre half? I want reliability. I want lead. I want leadership. And as a third, if I'm very lucky, I also want someone who can pass the ball in the straight line. And he could do all. So, he, so right. He so could, he, do so all he could, could he do it better than Rio Ferdinand? That 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 would be what a lot he, of people would argue. Couldn't pass, that. The, couldn't pass the ball as well as Rio Ferdinand. No. But if I wanted someone to defend for my life in the last five minutes of a cup final when the opposition was chucking the kitchen sinking, I'd want John Terry there, simply because he would do the nuts and bolts of the job mm. at that moment. And he did it, he had longevity, he was, and he was, he was a winner. He, he was a winner. Um, I, haven't look, I haven't looked up exactly how many trophies he's got, but he won, OK? We know he had, you know, he had bad moments. We're not going to remind him of Moscow and the penalty and everything, although now I have. But I just think for reliability, it was him. Now, I, I would have, in terms of ability and all the rest of it, I would, have, I would two seasons ago I'd have put Van Dyke number one. I'd have put Van Dyke, but I think when you're doing these polls, you do have to look at longevity and doing it over a period of of time. And I do think that because that that season that Van Dyke had when Liverpool won the Champions League, that stat that we always roll out roll out about no one actually managed to dribble a ball past him in the whole season. That season mm. alone in isolation was probably the best central defensive. Uh, body of work that I've ever seen in the Premier League but because of the injury that he subsequently suffered in a game at Everton his levels are not quite at that height can, so I, that, can I chuck some, so that's some why, other names at you of course you can so that's why Terry gets in there um, simply for not just the ability but the longevity as well um, Yapstam yeah great shout Yapstam yeah I mean yeah abs- absolutely great great shout um, yeah okay I was going to explain okay. it but I won't okay yeah um, You've sort of you've not gone right back in the day. I think you, no, you, on, you're go obviously going to upset um, Martin Keown for not even name checking him. I love Martin, but, uh, but I would have Martin uh, knows that. I, love I, him. I would have had Tony Adams in there somewhere. <sighs> I, I, I would have I, I would have done in terms of uh, leadership, 
just a, he was he was an all round brilliant defender. So, so who do you knock out of that list? Or who do, who would I knock? Uh, well, it's not my list. It's not my worry. But I would have had Tony Adams in there so somewhere you, from the from the from the earlier period. So who do you knock out of that list? Um, uh, Vidic. You're not Vidic, I wouldn't have Vidic in the top five. Vidic wow. was brilliant. So you, so he finished my career, but um, I'd had Tony Adams. Vidic did. Yeah. Why? How? Elbow head. Did he? Mm. Deliberate. Don't know. Tell the story. No, well, I'm, I'm, I'd stop because of my eye, I've got, I'm partially sighted in my right eye, but when I close my left eye, you look handsome. <laughs> um, but that was because of a, a head injury, yeah. From an elbow? Yep. At Old Trafford or... At uh, Villa Park. Right, OK. Did he apologise? Uh, no, and I didn't expect an apology, didn't have to, but that's okay. part and parcel of what, you know, what yeah. happens. Um, I've got, I've got... Villa fans were distraught when I stopped playing for them. <laughs> um, I think... The, the Vincent, I suppose the Vinnie Company one is the one that I thought of in this list, but I do think that again, because of Vinnie played through a time at City that was a transformative time yeah. when they, when they went from wannabes to to, to serial winners, and, and 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 he led that. It's, it's, it it's, so, in, it's so difficult. I mean, mm. you, you know, the names you've listed. You know, there are others you could add. Steve, I was a big fan of Steve Bruce, and you know, yeah. and, and in in that early part mm. of the the Premier League, which you've seemingly forgotten. Yapstam is 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 a great shout. Now look, let's. Um, Let's hear what you think. Um, and the best way to give us your list or to comment on on my list is, again, to go to Spotify or go to Apple Podcasts, wherever it is that you, that you find your podcasts. Go to the comment section or the review section underneath the individual show and leave your comments, leave your list. Give us your one to fives. You can also go to our social media platforms at, on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok. And you can do it all there. But, yeah, go to the show notes on, on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and give us a shout. And while you're there, please remember to hit the subscribe button because that is really really important right moments of the weekend let's go with you first uh, I want you to listen to this from Chris Wilder been to see the referee I've told him that um, one of his assistant assistants was eating a sandwich at the time I thought that was a complete lack of respect uh, hopefully he enjoyed his sandwich while he was talking to a Premier League manager <laughs> I mean come on You've done I'm with him, him. You've done, I, I'm, you've done. I'm, I'm with Chris <laughs> Wilder you've, you've on that one that is, that is absolutely brilliant your mate Chris Wilder, what what on earth? So that was that was for people who don't know. That was on the after last week's defeat at Crystal Palace, where they lost three mm. two. Uh, Chris Wilder's yeah. unhappy with some of the decisions. I think my, I mean, look, there is. I think we should all be. I think we should all have a right to call out people who speak with the mouthful, don't we? The lack you of know, respect. I mean, we? he was he was clutching there. I mean, you. I mean, strangely enough, when you came in this morning. You're in the sort of wilder camp, aren't you, on this? Because you came in moaning oh, was grumpy, about yeah. Yeah, your hotel and the hotel uh, charging you for a tray charge. And you, you're in the same hotel tonight and you, you've made a point. You're going to go back and you're going to tell the hotel that they need to change their policy. Do you, do you think you'll succeed I had a meal, in that challenge? I had a meal in the bar last night and only when I looked at the bill, I realised they charged me five quid trade charge. You're angry about All that, All they'd done you? was carry a plate of pasta four yards from the bar to where I was sitting. Five quid for that, it's not right. Well, why are you still angry But then I did that? that really, I did that really English thing. I just went to bed feeling really angry and upset about it, but mm. didn't complain about it, but didn't complain. But you are going to complain yeah, about I've, it. Yeah, I'm, I'm working myself up to it. 
That's mm. that's, that's do you what all want, this is about. Do you want a little role play? If you know, I'm I'm a member of staff mm. at the at the hotel, and you ask me to to change a, a tray charge, I will to change it. their policy. I will do it in my. Just own. ask me. Are, are you going to? Just will, ask me. Are you going to? Are you going to? Are you, you going to abolish the tray charge? I'm just going to ask them to ask explain me. it. I'm going, to, I'm going to give them my bill and say, can you please explain why I've been charged £5 for carrying a bowl of pasta from okay. the bar to, to, to a seat. And also, hotel, hotel, and also, hotel policy, and also, if, you don't, if you don't want to stay with us, go and stay down And the also, why there's a £3 gratuity on that bill when nobody asked me whether I wanted to leave a tip. Those are the points I'm going to make. So but I'm northern. going to make You're them. So northern. I'm going to make them. Northern insult there. I'm going. That's number 47 for the calendar year. I'm going to do it in my own typically polite and understated mm. way. And you still you because, still call it tea, don't because you? Because I find. Now, I did that on purpose to annoy you this morning when I walked in and moaned about my tea because I knew that you'd pick me up on it. Right. My moment of the my moment of the weekend. Um, I've got two. Mm. <laughs> so. Uh, Dan Byrne didn't have the best. Your mate Dan Byrne, who you were touting for the England left back position when he was in form season, blimey, didn't have a good day as, as um, Newcastle and Luton drew the game of the season four all on Saturday. But fair play to him, he he went straight from St James's Park to a dinner which was being held um, in uh, to raise money for the Alan Shearer Foundation. Um, fair play for him to not duck in it, going straight to the dinner. And as he walked into the room, Shira thanked him for coming and told the um, told the told everybody else it's a shame that Dan didn't turn up at three p.m. at St James's <laughs> Park. Um, Newcastle's defensive stats are shocking, by the way. Mm. They are like bottom of all stats for the, like the last few weeks or something. It's actually quite a worry for them. But my real moment of the weekend, Neil Warnock, who I believe, yeah. I believe you saw Warnock pushing his luggage through Aberdeen Airport, didn't you? On a- the way- amazing didn't picture. You? Yeah. So, well, somebody filmed uh, Neil Warnock. He's, he's, it looks like he's going to become Aberdeen manager. He may have actually been named Aberdeen manager while re- recording this. But normally you think 75-year-old walking through an airport uh, with a walking stick or a Zimmer mm. frame slowly. He just powered on. Powered just through. powered yeah, through but, but, Neil but, but, Warnock. Warnock's 75 going on 55, isn't it? Yeah. That's one of the things. Anyway, look, so I interviewed... I don't know Neil Warnock, Warnock particularly well. Um, I interviewed him a couple of years ago in the spring of 2022. I was asked to go and interview him because he was announcing his retirement. And that was what the interview was about. <laughs> it was an interview to announce his retirement from football. And I met him at a hotel in the West End in London. And we had a, you know, he told all these great stories. And he was great company for an hour or so. But it became clear from about two minutes in to that interview, that he wasn't retiring. And one of the things he said to me, and I looked it up last night, was, I want to have a bit of time off, but you never know what's around the corner. Well, he's subsequently been to Huddersfield. Um, and what's around the corner now is Aberdeen. Although it's not particularly, is it? Because he lives in, he lives in Cornwall. He lives in Cornwall. So I worked it out last night, right? It's 625 miles from Warnock's village in Cornwall to Aberdeen, which according to Google Maps would take you 11 hours to drive and nine days to walk. So that is a heck heck of a commute, isn't it? It is. I mean, I don't know whether you've heard of aeroplanes. You know, they've, they've been invented. Well, we could talk sustainability if you want, if you want to get into that. Do you? You want to get into green issues? You know, hang on. The, 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 well, you, yeah, you said you were green party. The, well, the oh, producers yeah. hung a load of ivy. You know, Henry's hung a load of ivy in this in this podcast studio overnight. Mm. So I'm not quite sure, but you know, we need yeah. to think about things. No, not, well, I do. But well, sure. my wife yesterday was putting up a wildlife hedge. So is um, 
I think Aberdeen... Fence, I mean. Cornwall to Aberdeen is just about Long as way. far in football in the UK that Warnock could go, apart from, I think, if he went to Dingle, where Ross County play. That's further. You told me that's further. I'm, I'm further gonna, north. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to I'm gonna let, let you have another go at your pronunciation of Dingwall. Oh, Dingle. Dingle. <laughs> Dingle. The Dingle. You've got, well, no, the family, you've got Emmerdale on there. Dingle, the family in Emmerdale. Yeah. Like, Dingwall, which, interesting stat, Dingwall is one of the few, if only places on the UK football map where the stadium has a bigger capacity than the town has yes. population. That's Great it, stat. isn't it? That's it. With that stat, we are done. Thanks for being with us, everybody. Um, we're, back on, we're back on Thursday. Um, for our weekend preview show. Um, please remember to go to um, Spotify and Apple Podcasts, leave a review. Please subscribe. Um, I'm Ian Ladyman. The chap putting his shoes on across the table is Chris Under Sutton. And this has been It's All Kicking Off. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.